Good evening, everyone. Kodesh Tov. Hope that you're all well. We'll continue to be well. And uh, I remarked that uh, it was wonderful to be back in shul from Minchemarv. Shul is operating. Please make your arrangements with Mark Zohar. And uh, we look forward to welcoming everybody back to shul. I said that in <clears throat> in honor of uh, the fact that we're back in shul, we're going to say Hallel tomorrow morning. In the Parsha Mishpotim, there's a famous Kriya Satora. It's Yechofer uh, Cholamoyt Pesach. It begins in Kesef Talves Ami Esaoni Imoch. Literally, the translation is in Kesef Talvet, if you, in usually is a uh, conditional type of word, if you uh, lend money to my people, meaning to a fellow Jew. So first it says that so only imoch, the uh, person who is poor with you. Very difficult to discuss that phrase. And then it says uh, don't be an oppressor. Don't uh, always nudge him for the money. Now, if we take this posseg as a standalone posseg, there's many problems with it. There are many things. It's almost against human nature. Adigamora says there three times in the Torah, if it says im, it doesn't mean if, it means when. When you lend money meaning there's an imperative on your part. If you have extra money and somebody needs money, lend it to him. It's not an if, but it's something that you're supposed to do. That goes against the grain and nature of people. People invest money on the premise that they're going to make a profit. <clears throat> I knew a Jew that uh, prided himself by saying that I never give a dollar unless I know I can make two dollars from it. That's the ultimate uh, establishment of money of the God. Money is not a medium, then money is the end. So the Torah, if the Torah meant that, so to speak, you have to lend money, that if you're in a position to lend money and you know someone 
who needs it and whom you trust. You don't lend money to charlatans. And you don't lend money to people who you know in advance will never be able to pay it. But let's say under ordinary circumstances, uh, someone is purchasing a house and he needs uh, another 10,000 shekel to complete the deal. And you have the 10,000 shekel. And you know that the person isn't running away. He's buying a house with it. He's using it for the, for the, uh, the home. And he'll work out reasonable terms to repay you. So then there's an obligation on your part to lend him the money. So then why did the Torah say Eve? Why does the Torah use a word that is subject to a different interpretation of than what it means or what it meant to say? The Torah meant when. So it could have said, when you lend. Why did the Torah say in? If you will lend. And the Talmud has to come along and say that in, <coughs> excuse me, in here does not mean if, it means when. That there's certainly an imperative that you have to lend the money. So there are many interpretations, but there is one basic idea which uh, the Torah was not given to superhuman people. The Torah was given to human beings. Human beings are loath to lend money under the best of circumstances. Because you really never know if you'll get it back. Now the Torah provided, and we feel, we see this throughout the Talmud, that the law, so to speak, the legalities are on the side of the lender. The Torah wanted to make it easier and simpler for the lender to collect his money. And then more explains uh, the brilliant insight here. Shalotino Delet Bifne Loving. If you make it hard to collect the money, nobody's going to lend it all. He's going to say, I will never have any legal recourse to get the money back. The guy owes me 10,000 shekel and he's going on vacation. He has assets. I'm gonna. I want. Uh, I want to claim his assets to get my ten thousand shekel back. I'm afraid he'll run away. So the Torah makes it possible for me uh, to uh, put a lien on his assets to collect. Because the Torah has a long-range purpose here. 
the long-range purpose is Shalotino Delet Bishlei Lovin. We don't want to lock the door. Nobody will lend money if you make it hard to collect. Because the Torah recognizes that the basic instinct of the human being is not to lend money. We all know that uh, in our own personal lives, we all know that uh, people approach us for oh, There's nothing that destroys a friendship like making a loan. <clears throat> so therefore the Torah said im, when the Torah meant when, not if. Because the Torah recognized that there always is a doubt in the mind of the lender when he lends the money. To him, it's always an iffy situation. Uh, unlike, for instance, giving charity. Person gives charity, feels good. He gave it away, it's good. He's never going to get it back. He doesn't want it back. He's happy that he did the right thing. But the very same person won't be happy about begging a loan, about lending money. Because then we are dealing with human trust, <clears throat> which is always a very delicate issue. And if the person, for instance, reneges on the loan and doesn't pay it back, it's not just that the lender feels that he's out the 10,000 shekel. There are people that uh, are able to absorb heavy losses and money without it destroying their equilibrium. If uh, people trade on the uh, stock market on a regular basis, so then they, they have to have an immunity shot to be able to take losses because not every purchase is going to turn out. So it's not just the loss of the money, but it's the fact that I was bamboozled. Somebody took advantage of me. Somebody fooled me. He came to me and he said, lend me 10,000 shekel. I'll pay you back within the year. And I trusted him. And I gave him the 10,000 shekel. And he's never paid me back on Agura. And it's five years already. When a man pretends that he doesn't, you know, that he has nothing to do with me. He avoids me. So it's that feeling of that I was cheated. That I allowed someone to take advantage of me in such a callous fashion. That's what makes people very hesitant to lend money.
So therefore, the Torah provided uh, laws regarding collateral. I don't feel that, that I can trust you. That's in effect what I'm saying. I know that you have every good intent and your word is your bond and everything is good, but uh, you know, uh, I want collateral, right? So uh, you have to put up assets. Collateral doesn't necessarily belong to me, the lender as of yet, but in the event that somehow you never pay back the loan, I have somewhere where I can get my money so again, it's not just money, it's the fact that, uh, that by putting up collateral, I no longer feel that I am uh, in danger of being cheated. Because I, I have the repayment in my hand. So you'll ask the question, if the guy can put up collateral, why did he borrow the money? Why doesn't he just sell the asset? And for that, we have many, many different areas of understanding of how people operate. He figures the collateral will increase in value. I give you uh, shares of stock that are worth 10,000 shekel that you can hold until I pay the loan. But in the back of my mind, these shares of stock are gonna go up to 50,000 shares. So why should I sell it now? And there are other countless reasons why people don't do these things. Collateral is one of the safeguards and again, the Torah specifies many rules regarding collateral and the rights of the lender to get the collateral and hold on to it and to use it under certain circumstances. Because of the fact that the Torah recognizes this hesitancy on the part of people the lend, and the Torah wants Shalotino Delis Bifnei Lovin, that we don't want to lock the gate so that nobody will lend. So we want to be on the side of the lender in matters of collateral as well. This usually puts people in a bind because many times, if not most times, the person who wants to borrow the money doesn't have collateral. There's a famous uh, anecdote that is told that when Mayor Shapiro, the great Rav of Lublin, was building the Yeshiva Chachme Lublin in the 1920s in uh, Poland, so he was short, I don't know, 100,000 zlotas or whatever the money was to finish it. And he went to the bank. And uh, he said, uh, 
I want to borrow, you know, 100,000 dollars. And the banker said to him, as all bankers do, my dear rabbi, what collateral do you have to put up? And he said, uh, I don't have to put up collateral. I have all the money in cash. So the banker was taken aback. He said, what do you mean you have all the money in cash? So Rabbi Shapiro said, yes, that's what I mean. I just have to transfer it from where I have it to uh, my bank account. And I want the loan until I'm able to transfer it. So the banker was astounded. And he said to him, uh, Rabbi, uh, where do you have this 100,000 zlotas in cash? And uh, Rabbi Shapiro uh, answered him, I have it in the pockets of the wealthy Jews of Warsaw. I have to just transfer it from their pockets to the yeshiva's bank account. Well, that's not always an easy transfer, but uh, one way of looking at things. So that's why it says in the Torah, Esel Oni Imoch. We're talking about a case where the person is poor. He's not going to give you collateral. Because if he gave you collateral, so then, you know, to a certain extent, what do you need the posse for? Tell you how to do business? Certainly, I lend you money. You give me collateral worth the loan. Okay, fine. But the Torah says that's so only evil. We're talking about a case where the man doesn't have collateral. The poor man that is within you. So the Mephorshim explained what does it mean within you? You have to put yourself into the position of the poor man that wants to borrow money from you. You have to imagine that you need 10,000 shekels. And that you need it. So Imoch, he's with you. So then it becomes easier to lend it to him. I have noticed uh, from the time I was a lawyer through all the times I've been a rod that there are people who have the ability to lend money easily. Most of the time is because they have also borrowed money. They've gone through the experience. They've had it happen to them. To know what it is that you need. And therefore the Torah says it's only evil. Further exposition of this phrase. As only imach in you is a poor person. You also have needs. 
you come every day to God and you ask him for things. You ask it free. Health, wealth, longevity, family, peace, prosperity, serenity, you name it. Every day you're asking. So you have needs. <clears throat> and as far as those needs are concerned, you're a poor man. There's no one that can give you health. You're at the, your fortunes are really at the mercy of forces that you do not control and you do not understand. And yet it affects you. Poor person is someone that he can't control events. He doesn't have the wherewithal to influence or control what's happening. So that's Imoch, that's together with you. Yet you're also. You're the same Shinar. Except on a different level, on a different plane. I remember a long time ago when I was a lawyer in Chicago, I represented a client who was trying to buy a certain large apartment building in Chicago. And the seller was holding like a mini auction in the office of his lawyer. There were two or three other people there and my client was there. Now my client was not a poor person in terms of having money. Because if he was a poor person, he wouldn't be bidding on this. So he told me that uh, on the way down to the office, he was speaking to me and he said uh, he feels confident that he's going to get it. He's going to win the auction. I said, I hope so, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the other people will bid. I don't know what the seller really wants. I don't know, uh, you know. I don't know how real the situation is. I, many times I was in arrangements where uh, the, the mini auction was only to try and get an idea as to how much the property was worth. And you had no intention of really selling. And the man, my client, said to me, no, 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 that's not going to happen here. He said, I got him so well this morning, I know it's going to happen for me. So uh, he was a poor man at that moment. He could not be certain that he was going to get it. And he really didn't. He didn't get the auction. I know if the building ever was sold even. But that's on Imach. In Yudah is a poor man. So the other man is poor because he needs the 10,000 shekel. But you're poor because you need something else. 
and you're asking God to lend it to you. So God tells you, why don't you lend this person the 10,000 shekel that he needs? So let's say the person overcomes his hesitancy and lends the 10,000 shekel. But he always has within him a tinge of regret. Maybe the man will never pay me back. Maybe I'll never get the money back. Maybe he took advantage of me. Maybe I was wrong in doing it. We all know the greatest sin here in Israel is to be a friar. So to speak, to let someone take advantage of you. If you feel that someone took advantage of you, then you're a fool. So that's what I'm afraid of. So therefore, I constantly want to be repaid. Because I want to get out of this state of mind. I don't want to be a lender. What did Benjamin Franklin say in Richard's Almanac that the person neither a lender nor borrower should be? That's plain human common sense. That's how we feel. But now that I lent the money, I want to get it back. And I don't want to hear from the guy. So the Gemara says, what happened? So I arrange it. that When I take a walk, I walk by his house. So you should see me. I find out where he davens and I show up there in shul. Never ask him. I don't oppress him. But I want that my presence should be known to him so that it will jog his memory and maybe his wallet and I'll get my money back. The Torah says you're not allowed to do that. Because that's a form of oppression of someone else. You lent him the 10,000 so you lent it to him. That's over. That does not give you the right to aggravate or frustrate him or to make him feel uncomfortable. That right the Torah did not give to you. There are legal means. If you have collateral, you'll get it. If you don't have collateral, there are legal means. But don't be an oppressor. Don't nudge him to death. Don't bother him constantly. So the Torah took this very delicate uh, relationship between two individuals, the lender and the borrower. 
and it wanted to balance their interests. It wanted to make it so that the relationship should not be harmful to either. That it should be easy for the lender to collect his money, but that the borrower should not feel oppressed. And that we know that in society there always are cases where people need to borrow money. Uh, a different lecture, I would talk to you about uh, banking and interest and the machs and everything else that is developed from this. But all of this is developed because of the nature of human beings. It's the nature of human beings that makes the bank and creates the gemach. It creates the human relationship as well. So the Torah wanted us to realize all of that. And in a few short words, as only the Torah can do it, tie together this entire relationship for us in a manner that we can see and understand it and then allow us to rise above our basic attitudes and to do goodness help support others and society as well. I want to wish you a Shabbat Shalom and a Chodesh Tov. We should hear good news from each other. I look to see you all in shul. The shul is open. Get a hold of Mark Zohar. Put your name on the list. We'll squeeze you in somehow. Cold to himself.